What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Crew Sports Pod, episode number 26, take two, after we had some difficulties last week. But we're back this week, and we are here to discuss the whole tournament so far. As always, I'm Michael Akeem, joined here by Vito Patel. Vito, we're down from 64 to just four teams left in the tournament and heading into the final weekend. Yeah, it's been such a great tournament so far. So many exciting games, and uh, we had a great pod last week. Uh, unfortunately, no one else got to hear it, but I mean, we, we enjoyed recording that one. Yeah, we had some some good takes, some you know takes that probably was better that didn't get out, <laughs> but... <laughs> Can't be right about everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were right about a good amount of things, but just assume we got it all right. Yeah, always. We'll go region by region, talk a little bit about, you know, I guess all four rounds so far of the tournament. In the end, we'll preview the final four matchups. With that being said, we can start with the West, where number two seed Duke actually made it out and will be representing the West in the final four. Uh, excellent run for Coach K in his final season coaching. I mean, you couldn't have asked for too much more. But I will say uh, there's been a lot of good games in this conference, too. Uh, most notably, Gonzaga, who's a lot of people's favorites to make it out. They played two back-to-back amazing games in the round of 32 and Sweet 16. The first one uh, against Memphis, they were down by 10 at the half. And then Drew Timmy had one crazy second half. And that was one of my favorite games of the tournament. For Gonzaga to come out on top against Memphis. Yeah, and then Drew Timmy was almost doing it again in the second half against Arkansas, but they ended up falling just short. So Gonzaga knocked out in the Sweet 16. Duke, on the other hand, had a couple good games too. I mean, the game against Michigan State was down to the wire. I think the score ended up winning by nine. That's just because, you know, free throws and all that. And that was the last Coach Izzo versus Coach K meeting. And I think after the Texas Tech win, Coach K got his 100th tournament win. I think he's at 101 total now. That's also a record and over 1,200 wins. So, yeah, insane coach resume. Could be the best coach ever. Now, I will say that Texas Tech game was an instant classic, too. It also went down to the wire. I mean, Duke easily could have lost that. There's so much scoring in the second half, especially towards the end of the game. And both teams combined for. 89 second half points, which was just one of the uh, most instant classics in this tournament, which there's been a lot. Yeah, I mean, also Duke's uh, offense against Michigan State, they had to come back. They ended up outscoring Michigan State, I think, like 20 to 9 down the stretch. I think they ended up outscoring Texas Tech, maybe 29 19, something like that down the stretch. So both of those games, they had to come back too. And Texas Tech, that's the top ranked defense, but Duke's top ranked offense has just been a juggernaut this season. And through this tournament. They got clicking at the right time. Yeah. Wes is a good show for sure. I mean, it, it seemed like it was going to be kind of boring. One, two, three, four seeds were, were in the Sweet 16. But uh, I think Gonzaga got kicked out a lot earlier than people thought. And great run for Duke. But moving on to the South. The one seed from the South. Arizona also got kicked out in the Sweet 16 to Houston. Who looked like they were on a mission, and then they got knocked out in the Elite Eight, and Villanova will be representing the South in the Final Four. Yeah, Villanova did a great job destroying the hot teams. Well, there's a lot of hot streaks ended in this uh, division because I thought Tennessee was one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament. They, they look really good uh, in their first round, and they looked pretty good against Michigan, but then they lost to Michigan. But then Michigan, the new hot team, I would say, lost to Villanova. Well, then Houston looked like a hot team beating Illinois and Arizona, but then Villanova beat them too. So 
Bono seems to be a soul crusher in this tournament. Yeah, we'll see how much longer that can go on. Uh, I mean, Villanova, they're used to success in recent years. I mean, they won the championship back in 2016 and in 2018. Uh, so, I mean, they've got a new kind of dynasty going. <laughs> they might be one of the new Blue Bloods in college basketball. Oh, yeah, and they fit right in the theme of the Blue Blood Final Four. I think early on, though, like you said, the most excitement came from Michigan, uh, the the 11 seed making a run to the Elite Eight. Uh, besides that, I mean, good games all around, right? But not too much craziness going on. Yeah, it, it wasn't the most chaotic region, but there's definitely some chaos with Houston and Michigan uh, to thank for that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I had Arizona coming out of this region. I thought them and Tennessee were two of the hottest teams heading in. Neither of them. Got out of the Elite Eight, but Villanova's been doing all the little things right, and they, they keep winning. So Yeah, they just play good, clean basketball. I would say these regions, the way we're previewing them, I, I, funny enough, I think each of them get more chaotic as they progress because the next region is... And into the Midwest. But the thing is, this region was crazy early on, but, I mean, the Blue Blood Kansas, number one overall seed, is the one that survived and made it through. I think the... Oh, actually, a couple of big things happened. Iowa, who I talked up a lot heading into the tournament, got kicked out in the first round. I was really wrong on that. I had Iowa in my final four. Yeah, they were they were so hot coming out of the Big Ten. But in general, it just seems like the whole Big Ten didn't do too well at this tournament at all. So that was kind of misleading. But them losing to Richmond was disappointing. And I thought for a second maybe Richmond's just a good team. And they got absolutely destroyed by Providence. Like It wasn't even close. But the real chaos in this uh, region came from Iowa State and Miami. So Iowa State upset LSU in the first round, but they weren't done just yet because they beat another Big Ten team and Wisconsin. So they made it to the Sweet 16. And then Miami had a bunch of upsets too. They upset USC in the first round. You could barely call it upset, but I, I'd say it's an upset. And then they just absolutely destroyed Auburn, who a lot of folks, uh, I especially was pretty high on since they started the year off so hot. And, I mean, they have one of the best records still of all teams, but Auburn got destroyed by Miami. Yeah, I didn't get too many things right, but I had I had that right. I had Miami onto the – I think I had Miami onto the Elite Eight. Wow. That, that's amazing, actually. I mean, you, if you see the rest of my bracket, <laughs> lucky guess. But, um, yeah, so a lot of chaos early in this region. But kind of as things progressed, Kansas saw it through, and Kansas has been playing phenomenal. Probably the best, you know, well-rounded team in this tournament. They don't really have a weakness. Play good offense, good defense. Got like six star players. Um, so not not surprised they made it out. They're playing really well. Yeah, Kansas. Kansas looks scary. Abaji, he's a, he's insane. Him and Remy Martin doing well in this tournament. Remy Martin off the bench too. Yeah. And then probably the craziest region, the East. I mean, I think the biggest story was St. Peter's 15 seed, first ever 15 seed to make it all the way to the Elite Eight. And I mean, they were knocking off powerhouses on their way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my favorite story of all time. They beat the Blue Blood powerhouse in Kentucky over time, first round. And then they beat a Murray State team that hasn't lost since December in the second round. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, you had two good weekends, but, you know, Purdue's going to get a few days to prepare. No way Purdue loses St. Peter's and, you know, ruins it for the Big Ten. 
and then they lose they lose to St. Peter's. And North Carolina, what a crazy story too. They uh, destroyed Marquette. It wasn't even really a close first round. Uh, like you could obviously tell, this eight and nine seed were mismatched. And then North Carolina was up twenty five, I believe, against Baylor. Was it tw- yeah twenty five? They got tied, sent to overtime, but they still prevailed. And then yeah, they they took out another blue blood in U- UCLA. I didn't realize how many good teams were in this. Uh, well, I guess I did kind of realize because I said I could see a lot of teams win this uh, region. Yeah, but the Elite Eight matchup out of the East was the eighth seed, North Carolina, versus the 15th seed, St. Peter's. That's insane, yeah. That, well, obviously that is a first because no 15th seed's ever gone that far, but that is so, wow. Absolutely. No, that that's shocking for sure. Uh, like you said, I think the Baylor-North Carolina game was one of my favorites, probably one of the craziest games. After Brady Manic got ejected, there's only 10 minutes left. Baylor comes all the way back OT, but North Carolina survives. And North Carolina will be representing this region in the Final Four. Yeah. And that sets up probably like the most historic Final Four matchup with Duke. As much as I love the St. Peter's run, I was really hoping North Carolina would get that win. Same, no, same. I, I, I was definitely cheering for St. Peter's every round just because I love an upset story. But this round, I was like, no, what would be more fun to see North Carolina versus Duke final four? First time they've ever met in the tournament, too. And especially in Coach K's last year, like it, it always feels scripted at this point. <laughs> so far in this tournament, we had the ACC has, has kind of showed out, especially after you know, some people thought it was kind of like a down year. The ACC during the regular season wasn't looking great. Three ACC teams out of five that made it into the tournament got to the Elite Eight. Uh, even the other two were Notre Dame, who who had a good win over Bama in the first round, and Virginia Tech, where the ACC tournament champions kind of got bounced first round. Yeah, Notre Dame even had the impressive double overtime win against Rutgers. Uh, I just want to throw it in there. Oh, yeah, in the, in the first four. So, I mean, yeah, if you count that, then the ACC would have 14 wins, which would lead all conferences. Um, Big Ten was kind of disappointing. Nine teams in, none made it to the Elite Eight. I think Purdue had, like, the longest run. They got bounced by a 15 seed. <laughs> yeah, not a great way to end it. Michigan had, uh, I think, a sweet 16 run. To- oh, yeah. Michigan was the most impressive team, I'd say, because they beat Tennessee. I think they had the best win, but everyone else kind of got upset. Like, Wisconsin got upset. Purdue got upset by, like, way lower seeds. And those are the two highest seeds. Iowa in the first round. Oh, yeah. I forgot about them, too. Wow. Yeah. The Big Ten was just upset everywhere. And, you know, ACC is funny because, like, you you mentioned that they were the weakest seed. That's what everyone says. But I wonder if they were weak because everyone was so good. Does that make sense? Well, they really didn't look that great in the regular season. Yeah. I guess that's, that's fair, for sure. North Carolina, right around, like, the end of the regular season is when they kind of started picking up. Yeah, the Big Ten, though, they seem to, in recent years at least, not do very well in the tournament. Yeah. But overall, we've had great tournament. Six overtime games in the first two rounds, and there's been 19, I think, total upsets in terms of, like, the lower seed winning, about four or five per region. So that's pretty good. It's been been fun. I mean, almost every 11 seed made it out of the first round. A couple 5-12 upsets. 215 with St. Peter's in the first round. So plenty of excitement. Absolutely. One of the best tournaments for sure. At least in recent memory, but I feel like you could say that every year. 
I think in general, though, this is one of the better years of sports. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I say that every year. But so now we'll look ahead to the final four matchups. Between the four teams in the final four, North Carolina, Duke, Villanova, and Kentucky, they have combined for 17 national championships, six for North Carolina, five Duke, three for Kansas and Villanova, 61 final four appearances. And this is the first time ever where all final four teams have won multiple championships. So it's a real battle of blue bloods. Uh, this is actually, this is so exciting too, because uh, all the storylines that lead to this and I know everyone likes an upset story, and this tournament had its fair share of upsets, but when it comes to championship time, the real big boys eat, and these guys survived. So this is going to make for an exciting finish. Yeah, as crazy as this tournament's been and, and how we're talking about, oh, this happened, that happened, in the end, I mean, the, the, the real winners are the ones that made it through. So, all right, we'll start with the, with the big one, the one we were really excited for, and we were kind of like hoping or kind of predicting last week. Uh, Duke versus North Carolina, 257 previous meetings between these two schools. This will be the first time they ever meet in the tournament, and it's Coach K's last year. Overall, I think North Carolina leads the series 142 to 115, but this is has to be one of the most historic, one of the biggest rivalries in college basketball. And I think Coach K's pretty much been Duke, and ever since he showed up, Duke's been insane. And so his last year, uh, the biggest thing he wants to do is end it on a high note. And his last home game was against North Carolina, and they, they beat him. And so there's so much revenge on the line. But North Carolina, especially given how many upsets they've – I mean, how well they've already played this tournament, I don't think they want to lose this either. And, like, obviously this would be such a great way to end their run. And obviously this is probably the biggest rivalry in college basketball. Both Blue Bloods, both in the same state. Uh, it doesn't get more exciting than this. Yeah, North Carolina ruined uh, Coach K's farewell tour, I guess. The, the last home game at Duke uh, was kind of soured by by a loss to your bitter rivals. Coach K is 50 and 47 against North Carolina. So it's it's always close with these two. Because, um, you know, I mean, North Carolina had a great coach in, in Roy Williams. But this game is going to be good. It's, it is the ultimate revenge game because we thought – you might have gotten a Duke North Carolina like round three, I guess, in the ACC championship, but kind of Virginia Tech spoiled that. So to get Duke North Carolina round three in the final four is going to be even good. better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Insane. They've never met in a tournament. I can't believe that. That Yeah, that's insane. I guess a lot of it has to do with seedings, too, though. Like they're likely never in the same region. And what's the chance that both of no. them are? But they've made it. They've both been in the final four previously, but they didn't get. They didn't play each other, and, and one of them would lose before they got to the championship. Yeah, it is tough though, too. Like, in order for them to play each other, the way these seedings works is they actually have to win so many games in the tournament, which is not that easy at all. I mean, everybody but four teams have got eliminated, and two these two teams survived to play each other. Yeah. So, all right, on to the actual game. So Duke, I mean, crazy talent, young, but very talented. They got like six NBA caliber players. Um, I think Duke has the best offense in the country. They've scored at least 78 points every time in this tournament. Uh, and they scored 78 and nine out of the last 10 games. You know, that goes back to even before the tournament. And their defense maybe needs some work. They give up an average in the tournament so far 
69.8 points, but they're scoring on average 79.9 points. So insane. Uh, that big stat, too, was against their matchup of Texas Tech. Them dropping big uh, 78 points on them, who's one of the best defenses, is super impressive. Yeah, Sweet 16 matchup. And, I mean, they're led by Paolo Bencaro, who's, what, the number two overall rated prospect, I think, right now for the for the draft. Yeah, he could be one at this point. <laughs> he's, his game is so polished. I didn't realize, like, how big and strong he is, but yet he still has such a soft touch and could shoot pretty much like pretty good like for size i mean down the stretch against michigan state and texas tech i think he was he was hitting threes to keep him in the game yeah he's so confident with it too oh yeah he just pulls up for his size too you'd expect him to you know be more in the post or like i don't know find other ways to score instead of just pulling up but like he's confident with his shot and he's definitely been working on it and i 610 can do it all that's amazing he's like a bigger kd like not taller, but like, but he's actually stronger because he he definitely has some weight on him. Yeah, he's a big kid. Um, and the thing with Duke, Duke's got well, I think Kansas in the, has the best, like, is the deepest in the out of this final four teams. But Duke is they have a good seven to eight player rotation. You know, North Carolina on the other hand, North Carolina's got four players who are like outstanding and like they do all their scoring. But after those four, it, it really drops off. And North Carolina does not really have a bench. I mean, the, their four has been amazing, and they've led them so far. And I, I didn't realize this till today either. They ha- seem to have one standout performance in every single game so far this tournament by each of their four. Because they had Brady Manick drop 28 points and 11 rebounds versus Marquette in the first round. And RJ Davis dropped 30 versus Baylor. And then Caleb Love dropped 30 against UCLA. And this one was insane, too, because... He was just clipping from three at towards the end of the game, like nonstop making three after three step backs. It, he was making everything. And then Armando Bacot, uh, who's also their leading scorer in the regular season, dropped 20 points. And you and and here's what's crazier. Yes, he led the team in scoring that game, but he also led the team in rebounds of 22 boards against St. Peter's. 22 boards in a college game. That's insane. I mean, St. Peter's is small, and that's where you actually finally saw – a team size kind of take over, which I thought would happen against Purdue since you have a seven, four Zach Eady. Yeah. But that didn't happen. So it took, it took all the way until the elite eight matchup for St. Peter's size to kind of get exposed. But, but yeah, four crazy performances. And I think that game against Baylor, Brady Manick before he got ejected, I think he had 26. So North Carolina, if they, they always get like one or two of these players like pop off 20 plus points. But like I said, it really falls off after that. In their in their last matchup in the regular season when North Carolina smoked them, all four of these players scored over 20 points. Wait, all four? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That'd be insane. But the thing is, if if that's what it takes to beat Duke, can you repeat that? I mean, all four of them have shown that they can drop buckets at any given time. But no, that'd be pretty hard. They have to do it at the same time. Nah, I don't know. I don't think you could repeat that. I guess maybe they, they did win that game by a lot. So maybe they can get away with three of them <laughs> dropping 20. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, right now, the way Paulo and the rest of the squad is playing for Duke, I mean, they might even have to do that again. And it'd still be a close game. Yeah, I mean... To keep up with Duke's offense, they're going to need at least three of them dropping 20 points. Just because after that, I mean, those are their four scorers. Those are four options. 
Um, and if they get in foul trouble, if Duke can get one or two players in foul trouble, uh, that's wraps. So I guess that kind of tips my prediction. I, I, I like Duke in the revenge game. I want Coach K's final season ending in the championship. I'd love for North Carolina to keep it as close as possible, keep making an overtime game. But I do kind of want Duke to win the revenge game. And even if I don't want him to win, I really doubt they lose to North Carolina twice. Like these players, you know, they went through too much adversity to just lose their biggest rival twice. Like, I mean, the biggest game in the Duke North Carolina season is against each other. Always, always. And for Coach K's last year, they can't lose this game. Like, it's a must-win time five for Duke. They got to win this. Especially after what happened during his kind of goodbye tour of, of Cameron and George. You know, the fans were kind of like, no, it's okay. it's okay. He was like, no. Yeah. We lost to North Carolina. Yeah. We didn't play good. <laughs> so you got Duke as well going to the championship? I do. I do have them win this game. Okay, okay. On to the other side of the bracket, we got Villanova versus Kansas. This is a 2018 Final Four rematch. Uh, this is Jay Wright and Bill Self's fourth Final Four appearance. Tongue twister. They've been they've been so solid too. Kansas has been they've been a blue blood. They've always been good, but they've kind of fallen off in terms of like they haven't won a chip in a while. But they've always been up there when it comes to the regular season records as well as tournament runs. Yeah, and and Kansas, like I said this like a little bit earlier, I think they have the most well-rounded team. They've had five guys score at least twenty-two points in a game this year. Uh, they're they're pretty good offensively. Not quite Duke's level on offense, but I think they're better than Duke defensively. I think they play better as a unit too than Duke's team, which is fair just since Duke's team is very young compared to Kansas. Yeah, and then I mean Remy Martin coming off the bench and doing like what people thought he would do. I know I've talked about him a lot, I feel like, but he's just gone crazy this tournament, and that just takes Kansas to another level, I think. Absolutely, yeah. And Abaji, <laughs> he's just killing it. And McCormick down low. Yeah, oh my God, he's he's also a big man. They're both just big, huge, which will give, I mean, will give anyone ter- a problem. And Will Noah, they're a great team. They've been doing so well, but unfortunately, they've also had, suffered a big injury, too. Justin Moore, who's their second-leading scorer at 14.8, points a game uh he's out now and i mean playing against a team as good as kansas that's gonna that's definitely gonna hurt a little i mean a good amount but in general though we'll know is a really good fundamental team and i i believe they lead the country in free throw percentage oh uh, they lead the history books in free throw percentage this is the best free throw shooting team ever oh wow wow that's insane uh, i think that as a team they shoot Oh, I haven't checked this in a bit, um, but it's it's in the mid eighty percent. Wow, that's like good for NBA teams. Good for NBA players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're they're very good uh, free throws. They don't turn the ball over. They're very good fundamentally. Um, but the thing is, you, you mentioned that the Justin Moore injury. They only had a six man rotation, and and with him out now, he, you got your starting five. Similar to North Carolina, you got no bench. Yeah, that's definitely gonna cost them for sure points and tiredness like it's gonna be tough again yeah and if if you said kansas really good big guys down low if you get someone in foul trouble and villanova's got to go to their bench that could be wraps but the positive for villanova we can't just you know highlight all their their flaws uh their defense who was you know not great during the regular season has really turned it around and over the last eight games they're only allowing 56.5 points per game it's pretty good defense. And so one of the cleanest teams, turnover-wise, 
one of the sharpest teams maybe free throw wise and one of the most solid teams defensive wise. I mean, I guess it's not too surprising they made it to the final four then. Yeah, it makes sense. And then they shoot the three really well. I think that's kind of that's been their identity for a while. And they got three players that can really knock down the three in Gillespie shoots forty one percent, Daniels at thirty eight percent, and Dixon at fifty two percent from three. So holy yeah. fifty two. Holy I don't I don't even know. Wow. That's I don't think he takes as many as, as the other two guys, but still, yeah, fifty two is insane. I mean, even those other two numbers are insane. Thirty eight percent being the worst of those three. Thirty eight percent, I'll take a thirty eight percent junior in college any day. Two out of every five. Yeah, and and so I guess Villanova's kinda live and die by the three. I think there are other aspects of their team that we talked about, you know, taking care of the ball, knock down your free throws, good defense. That gets you to where you are now. But now you're playing Kansas. And in the championship, you're playing Duke or North Carolina, who's going to be really battle-hardened. So I think now it, it becomes live or die by the three for Villanova. Yeah, if they make them, they, they can win some. If they don't, they're going to have a tough time. But actually... Kansas has such a good storyline that I didn't even realize. I learned about this recently. So in 2019-2020 season, that was infamously ended with the pandemic. The one year we didn't have the March Madness tournament. Kansas finished the season number one in the AP poll with three losses. So one of them was to Baylor, but they won one and lost one. So like they split that one. Uh, but the other two losses were to Nova, Villanova, and Duke. And, and those were close games too. And so... Something tells me that this revenge tour is basically inevitable. They didn't get the chance to shine in the 2020 tournament because it didn't happen. And now they get a chance to show revenge on the two teams that beat them that one year, Nova and Duke. Because if they beat Villanova, obviously they get to beat them. And I think we both think Duke's going to win. If our predictions are correct, yeah. Yeah, if our predictions are correct, which would be insane. I'd love that storyline too. That I did not know that, actually. That would be really interesting. So you're saying you got Kansas in this game? I do have Kansas in this game. I kind of I like Kansas too. I think in the first what four rounds of the tournament, logic and, and picking and, and who we think the better team is and all that doesn't work out or works maybe like half the time. I think when you get down to like the, the real final four, like these are like the real teams that are left, logic works better. And you have less chances of being wrong. So maybe that's it. Yeah. You see you see these teams, teams execute so many times. Uh, the first few rounds, you don't know who's hot and who's not. I mean, here everyone's hot, but now, yeah, it's really about okay, who wins the in the trenches and stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say, if Villanova has two good games, like from three, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won it all. But, I mean, that's, not, that's not something easy to do. If, if they shoot the lights out from three, like, like they do sometimes. Yeah, I, I think that. I think when they when they beat Kansas in the final four in in 2018, they shot like 18 for 40 from three or something like that. So that's that's what what's the math on that, Vito? 50, 18, uh, 54. 54 points from three pointers. Yeah. Wow. 18. Wow. 18 threes in a game is just crazy in college too. Well, you got to knock them down. Easier said than done. But no, I'm up with you. I like Kansas. Kansas Duke final. Another blue blood battle. I mean, it was inevitable. For the what team. it has to yeah. be. No matter what happens, <laughs> yeah, it's a blue blood battle in the championship. Yeah, true. No real underdogs. But Kansas and Duke is going to be an amazing one if that does happen. And if it does happen, I actually am going to say, I'm going to go with Kansas. I, I really do want this revenge tour to happen. 
you really like this revenge <laughs> yeah, tour. It'd be such a cool story. And what a uh, awful way for Coach K to end his career to lose the championship. But at least he got to the championship and beat North Carolina. So it wasn't the worst case scenario. But it'd be, it'd just be so much chaos. It'd be per- a perfect ending for me. I'll go with the the other storyline. Coach K final season, all the way to championship. And I'll say he wins his sixth championship. And tying North Carolina with chips. Basically, really just tying that series, uh, that rivalry up. Either way, I think these last three games are going to be just as good as the rest of the tournament. I'm excited. Wait, there's one more storyline that uh, could happen. I don't know if you remember the crazy ending to the 2016 National Championship game when Villanova beat North Carolina. Like that shuffle back buzzer beater? Yes, sir. Yep. Because North Carolina hit a crazy three to tie the game, and Villanova hit a even crazier teeth three to win the game yes i that is one of the most iconic like finishes to the tournament game i do remember that one so that's another possibility to end wow uh, if that happened of the four options two possible final four endings that would be really cool storylines for the championship game i think uh, any kind of combo of these four teams is gonna result in a good game and that's what it's about so i think that's all for this week obviously we got a great weekend of college basketball the final four and then the championship game Monday night Uh, with that. We'll be back next week. We will recap how great these games are about to be. And then NBA playoffs are right around the corner. There's what, like seven or eight regular season games left. Yeah. That'll be so exciting too. What a, what a good follow-up to a great college football, uh, college uh, NFL football seasons with these amazing basketball seasons. I'm, I'm excited for the NBA playoffs too. And with that, we will see you guys next week.